Good evening, everyone. Welcome back to Intentional Guy. We are on air with Marsha Van Weinberg. Did I get it right? You did. You did. I, my wife will be so excited that I got your name right. So that's awesome. Now, Marsha has written a couple books. Um, she does a podcast, and I love the name of your podcast. It says, Own Your Choices, Own Your Life. Oh, and that's just that's just, I mean, that's critical right there. So uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation today, Marsha. And um, I just kind of want to just jump into it. Uh, we got about 30 minutes and I would like to talk about, you know, I'm, I'm a real component, you know, name says it all, intentional guy. Mm -hmm. uh, I believe choices that we make every day are so crucial and owning, uh, when you can own your story, and own the choices that you make, mm -hmm. then you can keep yourself from repeating some of the bad things and bad choices in your life again, right? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. So if you would give us a little information about your podcast, about your book and about just your story too. Oh, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Um, own your choices, own your life were the words that I didn't know I needed at the time, but I look back and I, I know I was being guided because those words have become the whole cornerstone of everything that I do. And they were a turning point for me. I started my podcast in 2017. I long story short, I was at that time, I was a parent who was dealing I'm co-parent. There was two of us. We like very happy. We've been together for many years, but we were dealing with um, teen substance abuse with both of our boys and it came out of nowhere. It came and it never left. It was not a phase. It only amplified no matter what we tried, no matter what we did. And it was a journey of really being um, full of judgment, criticism, um, doubt, frustration, opinions, isolation. Um, it was, a, it, I, I don't even think I could ever really fully describe that those years in our lives. And it became very, very isolating. And so I lost my voice. I did. And I just put the armor up as Brene Brown would say, and I just hid yeah. and I hid from the world, but I was actively looking for solutions. So I was just trying to protect myself. But when we do this, when we put the armor up, we don't realize that we're actually feeding shame and we're feeding the judgment of others. We think we're protecting ourselves, but I actually would take it one step further and say we're isolating ourselves. And when we're isolating ourselves, then that there was a turning point where I remember sitting like literally under an armor with this turtle shell is how I used to think of it as. And I thought I'd protected myself. But as I looked around, I went, my problems are still here and now I'm by myself. And this is not the answer. And so through a tremendous amount of work, one of the turning points for me was a counselor had said, if your boys came back to you, you need to be a springboard to support them. And you're not a springboard right now. You're barely a pile of quicksand. She was hundred percent. Right. And I was like, but how do I, like, I don't even recognize myself now. Like when we get to that space in our life, I didn't even recognize who I was anymore. And I lost every aspect of my life or so I felt I had. 
And I said, at that point, I don't know what to do. And she said, well, what choice can you own? Like what choice can you own? And that started to become a really deep dive for me to understand the word choice and understand ownership. And I realize ownership can be a bit of a trigger word for some people, but I like to look at it that it's like, that's just taking radical responsibility for myself and the choices that I'm making. And ironically, it's what we all had to do because I got to the space of when I owned my own choices, would say to my kids that your, your choices have led you here. If you want a different choice, if you want a different result, make a different choice. That's it. There's no, it's really can, we can change. We actually can change things in our life that fast when we start to add up and stack up those choices every single day. And that comes down to intention, which is something that I love with the name of your show, Michael, is that I think of it. I don't write to-do lists. I write intention lists. I write, and I call them intention lists. It's how do I choose to show up today? How do I choose to be my best version? And when things are not going in the direction that I want. I literally stop. One of my first things is stop and go, okay, what am I doing now that is supporting me? And am I living with intention? The answer is always no. It's always no. It's like, no, what do I need to do differently so that I can change that? So that's where it really started from and own your choices on your life. I, I felt this very strong calling that it was going to be a podcast in 2017. And back then there wasn't a lot of podcasts happening. So it was a very... Right. You know, as I had people say, do you, do you even know what you're doing with the podcast? I'm like, no, but I'll figure it out. Like I'm resourceful. I just wanted to create a space. I said to a mentor, there's just nobody talking about difficult stories. Like I didn't fit the actual mode of what you assumed a parent who had dealt with teen substance abuse looked like. And because of that, I felt even more cult to start to share and do something because I knew I wasn't the only one, but I felt like I was the only one because nobody wants to talk about the difficult stories. And when I said this to a mentor and she said, maybe there isn't, maybe you're recognizing this because you're meant to be the person to talk about it. Mm. And that just opened up my eyes to see what was possible. So the podcast started I wrote three collaborative chapters in different books. And then in 2017, decided to dive into my own book. And that was an experience and a half, which we can go into. I mean, it's, it's, it's a very vulnerable experience, um, but I knew that I would regret it if I didn't do it. I knew that it was going to become a space that I would regret it if I didn't do it. And I like what you said. It's, it, it is to own your story, to own your choices is very vulnerable. You, you have to be vulnerable to do it. Uh, and I think that's where a lot of people are paralyzed because they don't want, they don't, to recognize it makes it more real. Well, that's a lie though, because it is real regardless. It's real. It's real no matter what. And the, the thing is, is that for shame, shame lives on because shame loves secrecy. So the more mm. we don't talk about the difficult things, then we are feeding shame. And you can, if you just want to think of it as a power struggle, when the more you feed shame, the less power you have. So you're feeding the story or you're feeding yourself. And that just became that, like, what am I feeding today? I'm going to feed the story. Cause if I feed the story, I don't change anything in my life. I literally stay exactly where I am. But if I want to change where I am, I have to stop feeding the story and I have to feed myself. And that's where that came from is understanding that I had to share the story. Now I say had to, I, I felt really called to, I did feel called to. Yeah. 
and nobody has to do it. But if your story is keeping you from living your life and saying yes to opportunities and to experiences, then yes, it, it actually is owning you. And so you either own it or it owns you. That's just how I like to explain it. The other way I like to explain it is that we spend a lot of years stuck in our stories. And when we're in our stories, we're replaying all the things that went wrong. We're replaying all the scenarios as to, you know, how do we get here? How can I do this differently? What mistakes did I make? And none of that's productive. Like that's actually not productive at all. That doesn't create change. And that only keeps you stuck in the story. So through this work, I've learned how to stand on my story. And that is when we have perspective. That is when there's a purpose behind what we're doing. I found so much lightness and healing from learning to stand on the story. And to, to be honest, to make my story about others, not just myself. I think that's the turning point and recognizing that it gave it all meaning. And when you can take your most painful experience in your life and give it a purpose that is outside of yourself, yeah. it really changes a lot of things. It does. And, you know, and I, I think, you know, some people get nervous when we say this because like we wrote books on ours, right. Mm -hmm. and, but God's not called all of us to write a book nope. on your story and, nope. and put it out there. Although I do think there is, um, healing and being to able to share your story with at least someone, whether that's a counselor or, mm -hmm. you know, someone, a best friend or close to you, because uh, for me, you know, I went through counseling and it was really good because I had so many lies in my head. It was hard for me to know what was truth and what was not anymore because I believed the lies myself. And it was so good to have a healthy person outside of that that was able to help me navigate that a little bit and do it but i also have to tell you just the the act of speaking it to someone mm -hmm. was so powerful and so healing and and like you said it took away the sting and the lie that were in my head mm -hmm. and and it, it it's free freedom freedom comes from that a hundred percent. And I, I, I couldn't agree more. And when, if you're listening to this and you think, okay, but I don't know, or I shared it with somebody and, you know, maybe I was, maybe you were wrong, not wrong. Maybe you were vulnerable with the wrong people to begin with. That's right. what I did because I didn't know. And that stings. It does. But don't let that stop you from moving on. And for me, there were definitely some professionals that supported me at that time. And I'm beyond grateful. I have nothing but good things to say about finding support. And it required multiple tries to find the right support. You will learn how to be vulnerable and to share that part of your voice. Because when you do, we build connection. And the thing is, is I rarely talk without referencing Brene Brown, but she talks about that. The number one thing as humans we want is connection. We can't get to connection without vulnerability. It just is, there's no road there without vulnerability. And, you know, and you talked about isolation and mm -hmm. I hear I, one, me and my wife are great isolators. We isolated for years. We would come home from work on Friday. We'd put on our sleep clothes and we did not get out of them until Monday when it was time to go back. We had so many walls built up and isolated. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and 
through the letters and phone calls that I get from people who are hurting and are lonely and stuff like that, um, I, I see these people tend to isolate. And, you know, it, it's hard sometimes, like for me, it's hard for me sometimes because you're trying to find that. I remember how fragile I was. So I don't want to ever hurt someone. Because there was a lot of people that gave me some really dumb advice that hurt me. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so I don't want to be that to someone else, but I also want them to know that what you said, the isolation is not helping you. No. The the being alone in this is not helping you in this situation. And it seems like it feels good. It seems like it's protecting you. Mm-hmm. But in the reality, it's just holding you captive a lot longer. Uh, 100%. It's, it is extremely, it will not move you forward. We think it's safe. And as humans, when, especially when we're in the middle of chaos, we want safety and we want the perception of safety. So we think that it's helping us, but it isn't. And it's, I've had many people say, you know, like, look at the amount of people you're surrounded with. You have so much support. You have so many incredible people. And like, none of them were here five years ago. None of them were here. And so I like to use the statement that like I carried that armor as a badge of honor for a long time. And then I just got to the point where I was like, I needed to put it down. And I, I just put it down. And that's when I found my army. Like I've got an incredible group of people that surround me, but I had to allow myself to be seen first. Like you have to go first and any change you are looking to create in your life you 100% have to go first. It has to come from you. That's that action, the intention, the choice that you have to make first. And when you do that, then other doors will open. And I say that, you know, even some of the people, the closest friends I have today, I met in a Facebook group. Like I met online in a space where it's like, I'm listening to their messages and I'm thinking, wait, I think I can read between the lines. I think they have a problem similar to mine. And I didn't want to connect with people so that we could sit in a space and complain and be stuck there. I wanted to, if this, I wanted to connect with others and recognize that, okay, I'm not alone. Like I'm not alone in this. And so I like to use the thoughts, the process that like incredible people, humans and opportunities are available every day if I choose to see them. And if I choose to be open to receiving them, they're always there. So, well, let me ask you this. How, how would you suggest mm-hmm. somebody, how, you know, that's, that's in this place right now? How, what do you suggest? How, because finding your voice is not easy. No. You know, no. so where would you start at? What, what are some suggestions, advice that would you give to some of my audience who, you know, they, they feel isolated. They feel alone. They, they feel like their story is over, is overtaking them. Yeah, there's definitely, there's so many pieces there. I think the very first thing is, is that deciding that you don't want to stay in that space anymore. There has to be a decision that it's like, no matter what, and no matter how much work it is, I'm committed to moving forward and not staying in this space. I knew what it felt like to be stuck underneath that armor and feel the shame and feel the the no voice and the isolation. I knew what that felt like. I didn't know what it felt like to create change and people say, well, that's hard. And like, both are hard. You get to choose your heart. You get to choose every day. We get to choose. And, and I know that sounds light and flippant, but it really, sometimes as humans, we need to simplify that we can just yeah. make a different choice. 
And so that would be the first thing I would say is deciding that you don't want to be in that space anymore, that you do want to create change. The next thing I would say is like, how can you be more open to receiving the help, to finding people, to reaching out and connecting? I, at that space, I didn't want to go into a live support group or anything like that. I just started to connect in Facebook groups and in closed groups. And when I did that, I mean, for me as a parent dealing with teen substance abuse, I mean, the first time I opened up into a, a Facebook group for moms, I think there was 50,000 moms in there. And the second I, I got in, I went, okay, well, it's actually physically impossible for me to be the only human on the planet who's struggling with this if there's 50,000 moms right. in this Facebook group. And that was a switch for me. That was a real switch that I needed to see. And as soon as I saw that, I went, okay, wait, there's, I am not the only one who was affected by this. Then I started to do more and more work. And in the process of, you know, learning to use my voice, I felt very called to use my voice. So if you're listening to this and you're like, there's no way I'm going to stand up and talk and share my story. You don't have to share it openly, but how can you let yourself not carry it in that way? How can you share it in a way, even if you write a letter to yourself, something to yeah. decide to not, to not carry it. Cause every day we choose what we are carrying. And most of the time we're carrying things that aren't even ours. We're carrying things that it's just overbearing. So that would be the next thing I would say is like allowing yourself to be open to receiving and trusting that that path is going to take you in the direction that you're meant to go in. I had that low moment, as I'm sure many of your listeners and guests have had, where I sat there and I said, you know, like spirit, cod, whatever you want to believe in higher power. If you can help me to get through this, I will do something with this. I will be open to what, and I, the, the way that things unfolded, it doesn't make logical sense. So I believe that as hard as it was, what I'm doing now is exactly what I was supposed to be doing. Just the only way to get here was to come through a very painful, difficult story. The other thing I would say is I want people to know, and I want the listeners to know, everyone has a story. Okay. Everyone has a story. Everyone has a shame story. Everyone has multiple shame stories. Everyone has yep. something that they wish that nobody knew about them. So please don't feel that you are the only one. Yeah. What happened is, is how much meaning are you giving that story? Because I gave my story a lot of meaning. And when I started to look at it differently and I started to share it and I started to share my experience with it, what happened was, is more people came to me and said, that's my story. And I've never shared it with anyone yeah. that allowed me to heal myself on a level that I couldn't have planned on like that. I had no idea. So that helped me to heal, which only gave me more fuel to keep speaking, which only gave me feedback that it helped me to heal. And it just kept this beautiful cycle. So we can't control the outcome. We can only choose to take one step at a time. And I, I like what my counselor kept telling me was this feels foreign to you because there's a lot of pain. There's mm -hmm. a lot of stuff, but you've got to trust the process. Yep. You have to trust the process because you know what, what's, because definitely what I'm doing isn't working. Right. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, um, it was always trust that process because it, it, it's a journey. It mm -hmm. is really a journey to, to healing. Um, but there is, 
I'm like you. There was so much power and so much healing given back to me once I started sharing my story. Because I was like you. I felt like nobody is as 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 bad as me. Nobody. I had that. Like nobody's gone through what I've gone through. You know. And then I'm amazed at how many people have similar stories to mine mm-hmm. and are finding strength because I was willing enough to obey and and share mm-hmm. my story, you know. And um, you, you know, you don't. And for some people, I'm like, don't don't focus on. Oh, I got to share my story. Don't focus on that right now. Take the first step that you got today, and and like you said, that's submitting that. You know, you got to have to want to have that change in your life you know do you want to continue to be stuck and miserable you know that's the first step so no i don't okay then you know that's the first thing the next thing is now what are you going to do about it it might be see a counselor might Mm -hmm. be go talk to your minister it might be talk to your best friend Mm -hmm. you know but when i wrote my book i looked back and i truly saw where god had people all along Mm -hmm. the way for me you know in the in the sideline rooting me on waiting to help me and he was it was just waiting for me to make the choice to accept it and and to do it that is so that's so good and i'm just i'm almost smiling because i can think it back to all the people that were on my path that it's like they i felt like they literally came out of nowhere they didn't um but again i would have never seen them if i hadn't chosen to go first i think this is it still comes back down to as humans we spend a lot of time waiting and waiting to be ready, waiting for it to be easier, waiting for, waiting for all of the things to line up when actually nothing will line up until we decide to step forward. And I I think that's that ownership piece that I think is really powerful when you can come to a space of saying like owning, what are you taking responsibility for? And as we stated earlier, like one of the things that happens when it comes to, you know, the awareness of something I want to change and owning what those choices are, but coming into the ownership piece, you need to learn how to own something without adding shame and judgment to it. We don't need to add an additional layer of shame and judgment to it. One little trick that I use that I still to this day find very helpful for me is that whatever we resist will always persist, right? Like if we, the more we resist it, the more we resent it, the more we keep it alive and much like shame. And so when I see those limiting beliefs, the mindset pop up, the, the feelings of like, Ooh, I can't do this. Or the, the, the feelings of fear of vulnerability. When I feel those things pop up, I literally, instead of shaming myself for those feelings to pop up again, which I did for a really long time. I personally add a little bit of sense of humor and I'm like, wow, that didn't take long, Marsha. That was fast. That was fast. Look at how often that shows up or, you know what? Thanks for having my back, but I'm safe and I'm good. And I, I recognize it and acknowledge it. So I add a little bit of humor to it because it's a neat, it's a very slippery slope for me to slide into shaming myself for mistakes and things that I feel are keeping myself stuck. I spent most of my life doing that. I I don't need to fall back in that pattern. So the big thing is, is how fast can you disrupt your patterns? How fast can you break that cycle? That's another way to stack wins and create change. And you know, once you just start making the first step, it does come, it does come a little quicker than you think. It's just getting that first step. 
you know, yes. and I hear so many people, it's so painful. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. There, It is painful in some ways, but you have to sometimes go through the pain to get to the, the healing. And man, you know, the payoff is so worth it. The freedom and the happiness you can get by getting away from, yes, it's painful. It, it, you know, I'm not going to lie. It is a little painful. It is. But as you get through it and as you, like you have to, again, going back to humans like to be ready or we want it to be easier. Sometimes moving through that path is really painful. It's actually really uncomfortable. It's like, you don't want to, we spend so much time trying to make it look pretty when it's really just a, it's a crappy story we have to work through. Like we just have to work through it. There's no making it pretty. We just need to do the work. And so as we continue to do that, we, we become a different person on the other end. And yeah. so even when I feel fear now, like we have built this proof of what we've come through. Like I, I gave a talk a few weeks ago and I actually got really emotional when I started, which has been a while since I've been in that energy, but it hit me and dawned on me that I wouldn't be doing this work if I hadn't lived through the most difficult, awful time in my life. And it led me here. Now, I do want to share one piece, though, is that when you come to this space of deciding that you do want to use your voice, you do want to share or you want to do something different with your story. Also know that a lot of people might not agree with that. Like I grew up in an era where it was like I when I decided that I was going to write my own solo book and start a podcast, I would love to say that I had a ton of support in that. I did not. I did not. It was very much of what are you thinking? We don't share these kinds right. of stories. We don't talk about these things. We, we don't, we put our smile on, we say it's good and we move on. We don't share things like that. Yep. And my brain at that time was like, but that's what got us here. Is, is that mentality? Right. I don't, I don't want to subscribe to that anymore. So there are times that it might feel like you have to stand alone. And that's what going first is, is standing alone and that's okay. So I think back to how many people tried to talk me out of writing my book. I don't know where I, I, I don't know where I'd be as a person. I don't know where my business would be. I don't know the work and the purpose that I'm doing now or any of that would be if I chose to listen to everyone else four years ago. Yeah. And I think too, you know, one of the, the neat things too is what, even though the, the journey was painful in some ways and going through it, what I, what I grew in that moment, those moments are, are so, I don't know the right word, but joyous. Uh, mm -hmm. I don't know the right word to say, but even though it hurt, but watching God heal me mm -hmm. and teaching me new principles and showing me things I, through the pain that I never saw or could have ever seen had I not gone through that. I mean, there's stuff I experienced I would never experience had it not been for that. You know, not that I would ever want to go through that again, mm -hmm. but I am also thankful for what I went through because of what I gained from it, you know? And I know that's hard for people to understand. Mm -hmm. And and Paul writes about that, you know, that you can glory in, in your, your misery, you know? And I'm like, I never understood it, but I get that now because, you know, God spoke to me a lot in that and gave me some great truths in that, that grew me as a person and grew my character 
mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's, it, it's amazing what you go through and it is the payoff is so worth it at the end because you come out a different person. It, a completely different person and it allows us to authentically do the work that we're called here to do. There's right. just, there's, there is no way possible for myself, yourself included. I could not be doing this work if I read about it in a book. I just couldn't, you, yeah. you have, it's, it's authenticity is I lived it. I lived it for many years and it's very easy for me to share my lessons on my journey because I lived it. And I think that's the piece is, is that you can't teach, coach, write, support, impact others on something you've never lived. That's just my own opinion. I think that so many people out there trying to do things and I'm like, well, what experience did you have? What lessons? Well, I don't want to talk about my story. And I'm like, it's actually the missing piece. It's the missing piece. It is the missing piece. Yes. Yes. And, and I've been scared in it there, you know, yeah, I lost some, some relationships through it. Um, but I've also gained a lot more. I'm with you. I, I honestly, there are people that I, the door closed and I've never had a conversation with since then. And in the beginning, I had a lot of angry, resentful, hurtful feelings. I did until I recognized, I honestly just had to come to a space that I don't choose to carry that anymore. It just doesn't serve me. And in all fairness, I was living in this chaos and I didn't know how to handle it. So why would I expect advice from a total, like from a person who wasn't walking in my shoes every day? Why would they have the right advice? So I just learned to let go of that piece of it and recognize that um, the judgment, the judgment piece is huge. We put a lot of stock and investment in the judgment of others in how we choose to show up in our life. And I would challenge anyone today to ask you, like, who judges you more than what you judge yourself? Because at that point, I had to recognize it was like a light bulb switch where I went, okay, they're saying some pretty negative, critical things to me. Like, I didn't have to wonder what they were thinking. They had no problem saying them to to, um, my face. No. And I had to come to a space of recognizing that, wait, I've already said all of those things to myself. Like, I've done all of that. So it really let go of that piece of, I don't need to carry that because I've already done those things to myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I resonate that completely. Listen, Marsha, as we're, as we get ready to close there, I, which I, there's way so much. There's a lot of ways this to go. You know, I, I really want to invite you back um, to do this, but I really want to read your book first too. So <laughs> tell us about your book. Thank you. My book is called When She Stopped Asking Why. And I remember I did not have the title. I did not have the ending and I did not have the intro. And I worked so hard to try and find it. And every single piece of my book that was critical came from a walk in nature, a yoga class, something where I wasn't trying to force it. And I, when I took this to the person supporting me in publishing, she was like, the title's too long. And I'm like, no, it has to be that title. Because for me, that was when my life changed. When I stopped asking why the why was killing me. It was killing me. There was no answer that could make a, a difference and all the why did was kept me stuck in the victim cycle. So that's a turning point for me. And if you're listening to this, 
and you do ask yourself why a lot, can you switch it to what? Because what is an action word? So every time I would say why, I'd be like, no, what can I do differently right now? And that would just shift me into action. So my book is available on Amazon. It released in 2017 and um, it's been a bestseller in a number of categories. And it's still, I still receive Kindle sales almost every month from different countries all over the world. So I know it speaks to, it's really designed even if you've never walked my path, it is designed to support you in what do you do when your path turns out not to be your path, which is pretty much always. And I know a lot of my listeners, I, I, I hear that why question a lot. You know, I hear that a lot. So, you know, I'm going to put a just in our description a link to your book and everything like that with it, uh, because I do think that that's. Uh, I believe in having some great tools, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and books are great tools. And when someone shares their story, I, I love a good redemption story. I love good stories where we can, where we can see how, you know, I can learn from what you, what you've learned. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't have to necessarily go through everything that you went through to learn it. Cause I can learn it now through your book. I, I, I 100%. And I do want to share that one little piece. I didn't foresee that. I thought that I would only be supporting people who had walked my path. It's not even, not even close, not even close. And, and that's the piece of our stories. Our stories connect us far more than we think they do because as humans, we connect on pain, emotion, experiences, lessons. So exactly. Yes. So that is where that is available is on Amazon or on my, on my website, Marsha Van W. Everything is Marsha Van W. If you start typing that, it'll show up on um, Google. And my podcast is own your choices on your life. And I have a second podcast called everybody holds a story. It's all about bodies and stories and how we change our story. Well, I appreciate you coming today on here. I'm excited about getting your book. I, I my listeners know this. I was never a reader. Mm-hmm. Um, I could tell you in the first 50 years of my life, I probably read five books, you know, mm-hmm. and now I'm 56 and I can't tell you how many books I've read in the last couple of years. Uh, I just enjoy it now. You know, yes. I really do enjoy it. And I, and I love good, I love good uh, stories like yours, things that are, that will help us grow because like you said our stories even though our stories are different they still connect mm-hmm. you know and some of the principles and uh way we react and and choices we make are similar you know mm-hmm. so i i love that we're going to ask them to i'm going to ask my guys to read that my viewers i'm going to order it and get that copy of it and then i want to bring you back after oh, i, I read it. it and have a a little bit more discussion on this. We have a thing called bonus talk. And so I'd really like to do that because that way I'm not really condensed on the time, but just really dive into to some of this because I think this would benefit more people than they realize when you can own your choices, own your story, the freedom that comes from that is unbelievable, you know, so. I thank you so much for having me. And I couldn't agree more. Honestly, you don't know the level of freedom that is available until you start walking that path. And I, I know it was work to get here. I wouldn't trade it for a a dime. Like I would trade it for a million dollars because the feeling now that I have in my life and in my story and who I am 
is I'm a completely different person. And when I see people who knew me years ago, they're like, you are so different now. And I'm like, isn't it great? It is. It is. And, you know, and I said it earlier, I'll say it again. I would never want to go through what I did again, Mm -hmm. but I am so thankful that God brought me through it and allowed me to learn the lessons that I've learned because Mm -hmm. I only thought I knew what freedom was. I only thought, and mm-hmm. now I, you know, I understand when people have that smile on their face and say, I'm free. Mm-hmm. It's not a word. It's not just, you know, us blowing smoke. It, it is, it's a game changer. It is really freeing because no longer paralyzed to the, you know, I was, and I'll quickly say, I was letting the worst moments of my life define who I was. That's a great way to say it. That's a, no, and sadly, that's a great way to. That's a great description. If you if you are listening and you're hearing that, are you letting your biggest mistakes that you want to call mistakes or define who you are? Like, and they're not who you are. They're what you've experienced. Yep. And so you can make those steps going forward because once I made that step going forward, I started changing my identity. My mm-hmm. identity started, and I get to choose that identity. I get to make, it's on the choices I make from here on, right? Every day. And so it's about owning those choices. This is so good. I am telling you, I, I, re- I don't want to stop. I really like this. Um, I'm looking forward to reading your book. And then you'll be hearing from me again. I really would love to bring you back on the show. I would love that. And into this a little bit more. So I would love well, that. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And to my listeners, thank you guys for listening to us tonight. Until next time. Just keep being intentional. We'll talk to you soon.